Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk, but in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been here. This is the Black Country Blokes, chewing the fact where everything is mental health, disability and life in general. Here with me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime, Lee Catman. And tonight we're going to be talking about sometimes we ask for help and we don't necessarily get the help. I.e., like sometimes when you're applying to the council or social services. Or, and if you get these guys, their job is to make our lives easier. And they said, instead of giving us help, they're actually giving us hurdles. And every hurdle you climb over, you get more tired, don't you, bruv? You do, mate. We're not doing gratitude again. To no, this I'm just, I'm just <laughs> we're going straight in, straight in there this week again, Kev. Well, no, this is just uh, we, um, as I say, like we'll come back to this, but like our gratitude list. I mean, I've had some great news. Um, our Osama has just been picked to represent England in the world. So he was then Sheffield, Sparrow, and the GB guys, and then he's off to Tamworth this week. They're flying up to Germany, and he's telling me today he's been up here today training. Um, you've got the Germans, but you've got loads of different countries coming. So that's going to be a great warm-up for going to the world in November in Spain. So I'm, I'm massively grateful uh, and over the moon for that. But for me, as uh, well, grateful as a club, you know, how brilliant that is. Me as a family, I was grateful to have the extra day off yesterday. I mean, me, my wife and my daughter watched um, the Queen's funeral. It was emotional. We, we sat there all day watching it in the background. Because so I thought, we're living in history. And someone said to me at the moment, at the moment we're living in a history book but it's hard to know if we're at the beginning the middle or the end because i'm just figuring out in my daughter's short life how many absolutely pivotal things she's witnessed from lockdowns to the queen dying to i don't just every every there's not many people living who've witnessed a coronation no and if you think in our kids time they might see four like i hope it doesn't happen soon but like charles is 73 going 74 then Williams, 40. So you never know in her lifetime, yeah. she might see four mm. or four monarchs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's remarkable, really, isn't it? Considering everyone, it's like when just before we went live on um, on our radio show on Thursday, some Black Country Extra, and it was, she died just before us, and they'd come in saying we've had to pre prepare all this. And I said, yeah, I wonder how long do, are we in mourning? Is the king now, is the prince now a king? And it's one of those things you couldn't even phone up your mom mm. to ask her or your grandparents because they didn't know because it was that for all of our lives we've had one monarch. Yeah. What are you grateful for? Friends this week. It's been a tough few weeks, few months, to be fair. And uh, it's great that I have you, Craig, people like that who can just rant to, get it off my chest and rant to. I know some of the conversations probably not been the, the easiest on you and Craig um, with me ranting, but it's great that you can do that and just let it go and let it off your chest. And, and you do feel, after you've got back, calm back down, you do feel better about it. So, yeah, that's what I'm grateful for this week. You, Kev? Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I wish Kate was. <laughs> um, but that, that's been the whole, this is what we were just talking downstairs, as you should know by now. It's very rare that we have an idea until we come up to the studio and we said, well, why don't we just talk about like your frustrations and the frustration of 
we all have and i think anyone who who lives in a disabled world or in most worlds the frustration when you phone up someone going give me an answer let me know what i can do to help myself and often you just you just bombarded with paperwork phone calls and then you've you've spent so many hours on a phone call and they go well i, I don't know what you're on about I, and you think well why if we had to go through this whole rigmarole to get nowhere so do you want to get some bits and bobs off your chest? Oh, <laughs> long we, how long we're going for today. Now, there's been a lot going on with, with regards to social workers for my daughter and, and care around that. And and it came to kind of a head a couple of weeks ago where we've been, we've been waiting a long time for an answer for something that, that could have been said straight away and we could have moved moved on from it and got the help that she needed. But instead, it was like it's a big secret up until that point. And I don't know whether it is that the it's, it's to do with uh, housing occupational therapy. We're we're, we're looking to to move out because our house is not suitable. Um, but there's a there's a process to go through, but no one seems to know that process. And then all of a sudden you get this answer when you've been phoning week in week out to try and get this answer, and they give you this answer, and, and you think, well, why didn't you just tell me this at the start? Why have I gone through this? Why have I had to do all these phone calls, wasting your time as well as my own, just to get this answer? You just think, you know. Do you, is it because people don't know the jobs? Is it because I don't know why? Why is that happening? Why are the people there who are in a care? Not everyone in a care. I'm going to add that there's a lot of people within Callas Care who are fantastic. But why are they making life for a harder when they should be helping? I don't understand it. And when you're in that environment and you're thinking your job is to give answers, I don't know the answers, so I go to you so you can put me in the right direction. Why are you making it longer and harder for us? Yeah, and it's not. I was about to say that it's, uh, if you, if they don't know the answers, then find it for those people. But ultimately, I'm not asking hard questions. I'm asking questions that they probably come across every single day. So why does it take that long to do it? I don't know. Or why, you know, it is really, really, really frustrating when you have to spend weeks and weeks on the phone, months on the phone, months emailing, months doing this and getting no answers. And then... The, I don't know, I've been trying to contact the social worker for roughly two weeks, maybe a bit more, to then find out she's either left or been sacked. But on a on a voicemail or on her emails, there's no bounce back saying that she's not available anymore. You need to, you know, you need to contact the office. There's nothing like that. So you just think you're being ghost. You think that oh, they're just not, they're just not getting back to me. They're not doing this. And you just think, how easy is it to put an out of office on an email saying I'm very sorry of uh, this person's list please contact the the office or contact here or email here to help out he's thinking you know wasted over two weeks trying to contact someone who wasn't ever going to be available he's again and you're talking someone who's a pivotal part of my daughter's care but either she or someone from the office should contact you either in paper form email phone call it's easy to contact people in this day and age, isn't it, Kev? It's not like we're sending carrier pigeons out anymore. Or, you know. or on the house phone. Yeah. You had, we hadn't got answered. Look, and I think about this, which drives me mad. Back in the day, if you're lucky, if you had a house phone, now we've got WhatsApps, mobile phones, emails, contact. It's never been so easy to get in touch with people, yet you seem to have less contact than we ever did. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you get certain people, and you? you either get none, none at all, or they'll message you on absolutely every single thing. Yeah. So you're reading the message fifteen times. 
uh, yeah, there's never seems to be that middle ground. You just, you know, I'll just message when I'm available. But it is, it's, um, it's very annoying. It's very disheartening. It's very, very stressful. And it can, yeah, I just, I think we're in a, me and my wife are in a very lucky situation as well because we're quite switched on. My wife's been um, either a PA or a, a teaching assistant to, to children with disabilities since she left school. Of obviously in the industry um, with disability equipment, so we we know kind of not how to get around. It's the wrong way. We know what we're we're doing. We know what we're talking about. And I was thinking, the people out there with kids with disabilities who don't have our experience, you know, where do they go? What do they do? And you, because we said this the other day. I mean, you're in a privileged position where you work for yourself, so you can be on these phone calls for ages. But if you you haven't got the, a sympathetic gaffer or you haven't got, you know, anyone on earth because the office is short at five o'clock or they're not open on weekends. And so you, you're beating your head against the wall. At least, oh, at least you can do it. You've got the knowledge and you've got the time, mm. but those poor souls who haven't. And yeah. then, then, then they send you paperwork and it's like reading, I don't know, Hamlet, but in Bulgarian. Yeah. Yeah. Why do they make it so difficult for people who are vulnerable or are in a vulnerable situation? I don't know. I haven't even got an answer for it, Kev. I haven't even got got an answer. Like the, it's titled, really. If you're asking, if you're asking for the people who are there to help and support, and they're not doing it, where do you go from there? Yeah. And like I say, we're we're in a lucky situation. We really are. Um, but I do, I just throw my hands up and go, I just can't believe it sometimes. I can't believe how uncaring it is. Mm. You know, uh, there's instances with housing OT where they've got back to every professional in um, in Callers Care, but they haven't messaged us. Mm. And the only reason I know what's going on is because we get on with those professionals and they forward the emails to me. If not, I'll be in the dark. I'll be absolutely in the dark and you just think, Again, for the sake of putting my email address in as well as these professionals, you know, it's it's it make it a lot easier. It'd be easier for them as well because there's no doubt there's questions that I can answer that they couldn't because we've been doing this eight years now. We're getting pretty good at looking after it. You know what I mean? As you say, like being in the dark, being ghosted. When you when you when you don't know what's going on, you worry then, don't you? Could you catastrophize? Mm. It's, well, are they ignoring me? Have they forgotten about me? Are they just, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think even if they say, you know, we haven't got the answers, we've messaged Kev, we've messaged Lee, we'll be back into you as soon as we can. Mm. That that just takes a bit of the weight off your mind, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, at least someone's work. well, you hope that someone's then working on it. But you, you kind of lose um, respect for these people, to be quite honest, because... Mm -hmm. There's been many occasions as well where people have said they're going to phone back in the next day or so and then before you know it, a week's gone and you're chasing them up and you're just thinking, you know, just do as you say. If you have no information, just drop an ear and say, I've got no information for you, I'm still working on it. And that's fine, but just, just kind of leaving people out there in the open, you know, and and, and you you get very good as a parent with a child with disability at contacting people and, and not giving stuff whether you're bothering them or keep constantly bothering like i'll phone someone every hour of the day if, if i have to to get an answer and and you and that's something that you you learn over time with with looking after someone with disability 
because if not, nothing will ever get done. And I think, as you say, it's it's, it's nagging. The British people, we don't like to annoy you. We don't like to get but Well, I've learned when I had my council flats or anything that's happened, you have to be persistent because mm. you're very easily forgotten. Your problems are so important to yourself and so non-existent to other people, are yeah. they? Yeah. There's no sympathy for there for them, isn't it? Well, I don't, I don't know what it is, whether it's sympathy, whether it's overwork, whether whatever it is. Um, I don't know. But um, you're not just meeting there when I say we're understaffed or we're underfunded. Get more staff. It's not just that, Kev. Like, I think about that a lot myself. And I just think, well, what if I just turn around and say, well, you know what? I'm working, I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing a radio show. So I can't look after my daughter anymore. Mm. That's not an option. That's not no. like even the thought in my head. I just think, it's it's about what you how you manage your time and what you want to do, isn't it? And what you think's important in that time. You know, and if you're if you're not an importance within their time, then you you're not even there. And it might be understaffed, it might be all that, but there's no one who can turn around and tell me that sending an email is going to take up much more of your time in a day. Or as you say, tagging you into that email. Or tagging you into an email is even less time. You know, there's no one out there who can say that they haven't got time to do that, is there? And if you haven't got the answers, find someone in your office. There's surely there's someone in there who could say, well, we've been, like in anything, more I've seen HR, and, you know, you've got me in the boxing world. If I don't know, when are the championships? I don't know, I'll phone up uh, Louise Gibbs, the Midlands represent, you know, mm. rep and she will tell us and I can tell someone. Yeah. If you don't have the answers, you should find out the answers or you should find someone who knows more than you and pick their brains. I think you're at a point now where a lot of the services need input from parents. And I don't mean the odd survey that goes out. Like I filled the survey in for Dudley Carers, which is absolutely vital, that the work they do. And um, and those kind of surveys, they are vital. But it's not really making any change. Mm -hmm. The need of parents with disabilities employed in those services. Mm -hmm. They need them employed there and they, they will tell you the weaknesses and they will drive them out there because they've experienced it. Well, we laugh about that, don't we? Even like, you know, this is a disabled toilet, but it's on the second floor and the lift's not working. It's like it's like token gestures. Mm. And something we, we say a lot on the phone to each other. People will always fall through the cracks. There's always someone who has been unlucky, but it's no longer cracks, is it? It's chasms. Yeah. And people, and we talked to Kerry Davis, very good friend of the show, comes on our radio quite often. And when she was talking about the PAs and the personal assistants, and, and she goes, oh, but that's just how it is for someone with a disability. And you go, no, that, that shouldn't be right. Mm. It isn't right. No, it's not. And it's you not. talk to, it's not, but how, how many people, you know, from in the mental health, are, are going to uh, an establishment to have come out better, to some of the disability and you're thinking there's it's not the odd sad story but i think again kev it comes down to what we spoke about all the time in within mental health realm and that is that you're not there sometimes to to talk or give the answer you're there to listen the amount of people we was at the, the hospital unfortunately my daughter got rushed in thursday i think via ambulance to to russell's all and um the amount of doc I don't like, I don't like, not bad mouthing, I don't like calling them out because they've been fantastic. But we had a bad experience there Thursday within regards to, to safety and a safety bed. Um, they, they have a safety bed up there 
and all the safety bed is basically a higher sided bed so so people with disabilities people with learning disabilities understand uh, who don't understand that they're in bed can't fall out of bed um via standing up and things like that but we, we we were meant to stay in overnight so we asked to have this safety bed because Kala has a, a thing of jumping up when she has a seizure and if she was to jump up in a standard bed you know they're no higher than the arm rest on a chair she'd have fell out and hurt herself so we asked to have the safety bed in there to find out that it's not they don't use it as a safety bed so it is a safety bed they don't use it as a safety bed they use it as a, a kind of play area to to keep children safe um and we couldn't use it because they couldn't safely get round it if she needed any medical care or treatment unless we saw we signed um what would you call it a waiver a, a waiver basically saying that if if that the, they that i understood that they wouldn't do treatment because of the bed and obviously i basically said no we're not signing that waiver we've been looking after our daughter eight years so i knew she was going to be all right anyway at that point i knew she's going to be absolutely fine so i said look we're going to go home because at home we have the proper bed that is safe for her we have defibrillators we we have every piece of equipment pretty much known to man to to manage her care and we knew she wasn't going to be in any trouble but they wouldn't take our word for it you know uh, i just think you you're not listening to the right people i'm telling you that we feel very comfortable at taking her home at this point and not only that it'll be safer at home which is also bonkers because when you well, told sorry that, kev i don't want to the, the the thing that really annoyed me about it you can we have one of those beds at home where you can dual care around it where you can get a carer either side of it and the doors open fully up so again someone's took the decision to purchase a bed that is not actually suitable for the hospital and what they need it and there's two things wrong number one the rep who sold them needs to question himself because he sold a piece of equipment that's probably close on six to eight grand but it's not suitable well when because i found you uh, on the friday i think and when you told me that it blew my mind i know you're in the equipment game but they should know or the, a guy like yourself should know how dangerous that is to be in that hospital and then someone should go no it was almost like they didn't believe me that she's gonna fall out the bed i was just thinking to myself i think <laughs> we've looked after her every night for the last eight years and you know i know yeah. how she behaves now she might not have had a seizure and she might not have jumped up but if she had a done if she'd have had a seizure she would have jumped up and she'd have fell out of the bed there's no doubt about it so but then i just want to be listened to kev that you, was it you're going to take her out of one hospital room and plaster her in the next hospital room or she knocks her head or she gashes her eye or she yeah well that's it that's it but hey but, but once again we want to be listened to as parents don't we but as we said about your social worker you live in a loving home yeah. yes she's got initial needs hey baby you're bad parents and she had these needs and a social worker is just close as old i did you know disappeared so we're getting comments in kev um <laughs> for some reason it's saying both uh, on the bottom of our screen it's saying both our names are kev i'm just adjusting kev and in kev and kev <laughs> it's me myself and kev there we go fixed that was steve Ansel. thanks for pointing that out steve uh at least someone noticed it can't believe you missed that kev as <laughs> <laughs> you're facing away with kev actually uh kev steve's actually put a 
messaging, so I'll just bring that up and I'll read it out. So my personal experience of trying to reach out for help is very mixed. On the first contact, it seemed to move fast, but then it slows down and the calls just get longer between each one. And before you know it, before you know, before you know it, no contact. P.S. Hope the little ones goodly. Thank you very much, Steve. You're doing a lot better. Um, and I butchered that again, didn't I? Yeah, I've really got to learn to read out loud. <laughs> but it's right. Sometimes you go, yes, I'm getting the help, I'm getting the help, again, and then it just dries up. Dries, and it's, I haven't even got better. But it's, like in your experience with these emails mm. and that person, so if there's any way I can help department you. Department is not even the person. <laughs> it's departments now. I'm, I'm fighting departments, Kev. But can I help you? Yeah, I'll send an email. The email hasn't landed. They've done absolutely nothing apart from sharing email and then gone, well, if you need any more help, but you haven't helped in the first place. Oh, you're on about councillor, so, sorry. Yeah. Right, yes, yeah. So the councillor was councillor for Staybridge. I can't remember his name now. <laughs> That's how much of an impact he actually had. But yeah, I I messaged him to try and help the this along and uh, he sent one email and then got a reply being fobbed off and give up, which is uh, it's not very good. And uh, I, I don't want to name and shame him. I generally can't remember his name. But isn't it heartbreaking when you think, thank goodness I've got someone on my side? And then they, I know there's so many people out there that need help, but they should be doing a better job. Hmm. There shouldn't be so many people who need help. There should be something in place where, I don't know, we're just feeling I don't lost. understand why there's so many people who don't need help when you, who, sorry, who need, why there's more people who need help because the pros the time and, and energy it took me to get the, to this point and i don't feel any further forward you know we, we started this journey at start of june and i just think i'm no further forward from the start of june so if everyone's having a similar experience to me the the catalog of people needing help be just getting bigger yeah because the, the the problems aren't being solved so it's just growing isn't it it's just growing and growing and it's like some people can't talk on phones one of my very dear friend, the person you could talk to on the phone is me. But you like when you happen to have these God, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> but with these odd conversations and they he just falls apart. Mm. But it's so they need people to come and help them and to make them feel at ease and to explain things in normal language. But it's oh we haven't got time. Mm. It's like uh well just fill it out on your phone. I haven't got a phone, or I'm visually impaired, or I'm dyslexic, or I just don't understand technology. They expect everyone to be able to do it in the same way. Yeah. Talk to people and talk to people saying, well, that isn't feasible for me. Or well, you get that a lot. People send you emails and stuff, don't you? Yeah. And, and Oh, can you fill this out? No, I can't. I even find it difficult, to, you know, on the phones when you're at the doctors, press number one, press number two, press number I've, I find that difficult. Yeah. Never mind having to fill things out. But I think we all talk about it like, uh, press number one, da, 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 and thinking, just give me someone to talk to. Yeah. And then you finally get there, and they cut you off. We had, the same, we had that with Sky or the other day. My wife was on the phone for ages, you know, uh, on a day off or, I don't know, finish work early. And uh, and then it cuts her off after she'd been on there 45 minutes. Oh, but, I bet she was really happy. But how many times has that happened to people? Yeah. But then all we do... We go back into the queue, so the queue's never getting shorter, and no one's actually having their problem fixed. It's fixed yeah, yeah, it's just a vicious circle of going round and round, isn't it? 
It is, isn't it? But again, do they know the answer? And I think that's half the issue. I think they've uh, maybe they're just scared that they don't know the answer and they don't want to ask. I don't know. I can't. I can't get my head around it. To be honest, I can't. Maybe the training they're doing is not ad adequate. I don't know. I don't know. But if you can relate to this, guys, I mean, always drop a, a comment in. Or if you know something that we don't, if you or if you work for an organisation, they'd like to come on and say, well, actually, there's a so-and-so trust and we provide help for these because this is what we start. Oh, hey, look, if um, social worker or housing OT wants to come on here, I'm more than happy to talk with them. I might actually get to talk to them. That would be, be a first. But the problem is, though, even with that, like sometimes I've asked um, different people I know through different professions like the police, like from the fire service, like from um, social workers, and they go, "We're not allowed to talk on something like this." Well, that's isn't that isn't that just as scary? How do you fix things if you're not if you, if you you're barring the people from talking about what's wrong yeah. or what's going well? Let's you know, let's not they do do things that are great, and you need to be able to talk about both sides of them to improve and put a human face to them. Yeah, that's why I want the police to come on here, a good friend of ours. And I want them to come on to talk on behalf of having a life away from work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's it, it's mad, isn't it? When organisations say, no, you're not allowed to put a human face to it. But unless we talk openly, like, I still really want people from mental health and these kind of things to go down to somewhere and have an open conversation. So it's not a witch hunt, but we can put our feelings across to the higher ups with the lower downs and go, how can we fix this? Because by God, it's broken. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the only way you will fix it, isn't it, boy? Well, by getting those people in a room and hoping that they'll listen. And saying, apart from your PhDs, what experience have you got? Because that person over there has got buckets full. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to have your job, but if you could work closer, closer together, then we've got a better chance of making a difference. Well, they did that with, uh, we had um, David Stocks on. Oh, yeah. And if you remember, he was he'd experienced. I think he tried. It's a, to a survivor suicide, from suicide. No. Yeah, and he and then now he works with suicide prevention. Su suicide prevention, and he's he does really well at it. Yeah, because his experience. Well, he's helped me out with my friends before. I phoned him up, and you know we've able to work together because he has suffered personally. Yeah, and we've had um, counselors on our radio show, and because they'd suffered. They've become brilliant at what they do. And um, was it Headspace? No, Ed. I can't remember. We've had some great ones on, though. And it, it, it's then kind of people you're thinking, you get it. Mm. You understand. You understand how many farcical meetings you have to go to or how many stupid things you have to answer to get absolutely nowhere. And um, when you're answering, like, so many benefits forms, and, you go, and you're thinking, why are we being this invasive? You know what I mean? Why are we having to probe every part of my life when that's not what it's all about? We've said before, when uh, they're coming around to look at your uh, colour and they're asking the other kids personal questions, you're thinking, it's quite obvious she's disabled, there's nothing else going on. Mm. But then that same person who's asked all the questions disappears. Disappears and doesn't turn up for the last six or other appointments. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Well, I've seen this with mental health people as well, and they just don't come to appointments because the dog's poo, like, or they don't come because and you're thinking, make the effort. Mm. And if you can't make the effort, if you could, if we can't do the backcountry blokes, if you can't make it, I'll turn up. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Or we'll say, I, we both apologise. Either one of us will come, or at a later date, we'll make a date and we'll both come. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it as well, isn't it? A lot of these times, it's not it, because of the waiting list is so long. If that person cancels, it's not like you're going to see him the next day. No. You know, he's, you, you're, you're talking months and months down the line. And months and months of worrying. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't tend to get better when you're in that 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 state of mind, does it? Then the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, it's just constant. Further you go down, less light you can see. Mm. About the light, you panic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been Aldous. Yeah, I think that was a bit of a rant. I apologise to everyone who's listening. A bit ranty today, but um, yeah, a lot to get off the chest, I suppose. Well, we've got Debbie from Black Country Women's Aid coming on to Black Country Extra this Thursday, and she's remarkable. I love her, Deb, and um, wonderful what they're doing. And uh, hopefully soon we'll have talk to Mark, or ask Mark, sorry. So, guys, I'm going to leave you a quick little quote, it, it, you know, if you can do this. Worrying is like a rocking horse. We can do it all night, but it's not going to get us anywhere. So please try and relax. I know it's easier said than done, because when you're having in that fog, you know, but just try and reach out as leaders like I do. Try and reach out to someone who cares about you and get off your chest. So, guys, until we talk to each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Tara Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page, and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta-ra-ra-bit. Listen, listen, listen.